Plot for Teacher by Mother of Bulls Chapter 13 Since reconnecting with Hermione Granger, Drake had found himself in many situations where he felt like an awkward adolescent boy, but it had never been more true than in this moment. He hoped he looked more cool than he felt, because sitting next to her, his body practically hissing with lust, and forced to do absolutely fuck all about it because he was surrounded by grown-ups, I mean, Hogwarts professors, it was too much. He couldn't decide which emotion was predominant, the arousal or the frustration. The decision was made for him as a warm breeze followed through the stands, carrying with it Hermione's perfume, sparking an immediate reaction in his trousers. Draco bit his lip so hard he was certain he'd drawn blood. And here comes the Gryffindor team with their new chaser, Rose Weasley. It's sure to be a promising new talent for Gryffindor. That girl's got Quidditch in her blood, ladies and gentlemen. Draco noticed Hermione's affectionate grin at the mention of her goddaughter. He couldn't help but smile at her. Leaning in to her, he teased. I'd hazard a guess that she's one of your favourites. Nudging her slightly in the ribs, prompting a low, throaty giggle from the witch. I haven't the slightest clue what you're talking about. I love all my godchildren equally, except for Rose and Lily, whom I love just a little bit more. Draco chuckled. Well, no one can accuse you of being a hypocrite. And what's it like, teaching your godchildren? Hermione grinned. Lily and Rose are both model students. Lily is sweet and a tad bit shy, if you can believe it coming from Harry and Ginny. Rose is... she's... she almost reminds me of... Draco nudged her. Yourself, maybe? It was absolutely adorable. How proud of Rose she was. Hermione blushed. Maybe a bit. Draco smiled. And of course we all know that Albus is a most unique individual. Hermione laughed. Unique is quite judicious. Although he's actually not a bad student. He's quite intelligent in many ways. And James... Well, he actually kind of reminds me of what I think you would have been like had you been sorted into Gryffindor. Draco groaned. I take it you don't mean that in a good way. Hermione laughed. He walks around the castle like he owns the place. I've even given him detention a few times for bullying the Slytherins. Draco's mouth fell open in shock. My, how the tables have turned. Hermione turned to him, smirking and raising a cool eyebrow. They certainly have. She looked good wearing a smirk, and those full lips crooked up teasingly to the corner of her pink mouth as her honey eyes twinkled. He had the sudden desire to see her wearing nothing but that smirk. He returned the smirk and leaned in slightly. Speaking of turning the tables, you know what I was thinking this morning before I came here. Miney's smirk softened into a grin. What? I was thinking that if teenage me could see me now, he wouldn't believe... Manny's breath hitched. Yes. Draco leaned in closer. He wanted so badly to pull her into his lap and snog her to pieces, but there were children present. Somewhere around. You know, over there somewhere. He contended himself by quickly glancing around the stands to make certain no one was watching before tucking a few stray hairs behind her ear, letting his fingertips glide across the neck on her way down. He relished that gorgeous blush on her face as he leaned in to whisper huskily into her ear. How much I couldn't wait to see you today. Miney couldn't help it as her eyes closed and her skin tingled at the vibrations of his voice in her ear. Holy shit, I think I just got a little bit pregnant. 
Her voice came out rough and shaky. Is that so? He nodded, nearing closer, his breath ghosting on her neck. Mm Mm-hmm. Even after I spent a very uncomfortable morning begging my poor house elves to take money from me. Poor little devils. Hermione giggled and turned to him slyly. You did that for me? He grinned. Impressed? She bit her lip. I might have spent the morning reading up on Quidditch to impress you. Draco's face broke out in a self-satisfied smirk as he released the quip he desperately wanted to throw at her their first meeting a few weeks ago. It will take a few suggestive modifications. My, my, Professor Granger, I'm so very glad to see you're still such a little swat. His eyes followed the movement as her tongue flicked out to wet her lips. So mesmerised was he by her delicate pink tongue, he barely noticed when the Slytherin team was announced. It looks like the Slytherin team is ready to go to battle with their new seeker, Aidan Thrasher. Draco reluctantly leaned away from Hermione and joined the applause. As much as Draco loved a good Quidditch match, he liked flirting with the curly-haired witch next to him even more. Weasley's got the quaffle! Oh no! Slytherin's backer just intercepted! Backer passes to Flavin. Flavin looks to be going for the goal! Score for Slytherin! Draco leaned in. So out of curiosity, what did you learn? Hermione faced him with a confused expression on her face. You said you read upon Quidditch to impress me. Well, now's your chance, Professor. I'm all ears. He grinned cockily, looking every inch the Slytherin prince. Hermione bit her lip to fight her own grin. I learned that Quidditch is about friendship and teamwork, and that you should never play rough, and that Tom and Sarah think it's the best game in the whole wide world. Now it was Draco's turn to be confused. It wasn't possible to play Quidditch without being rough. Who were these Tom and Sarah people? Hermione laughed. Madame Pence thought she'd be cheeky when I asked for a Quidditch reference for beginners, and she gave me a children's colouring book. Draco couldn't fight the laughter that took over his body. That is the single most wonderful thing I've ever heard in my life. Nice. And I'm including the birth of my son in that. Hermione rolled her eyes, grinning in spite of herself. I'm so glad my humiliation is amusing you. Draco shook his head, grinning impishly. You wanted to impress me. Well, I'm impressed. I'm oh so very exceedingly impressed, Professor Granger. Ten points to Gryffindor. He was rather proud of himself that he managed to joke and play with her after all the humiliations he'd suffered through to get to this point with her. He wondered why he'd ever felt shy around her before. Hermione narrowed her eyes at him playfully. That's my job, Mr Malfoy. Draco's grin melted into a near mock, as his cock twitched in his pants. Oh yeah, that's why. Slytherin beta Fitch appears to be confused. Oi, Fitch, the lads in the green are on your team. You don't want to knock them off their brooms. Hermione, Longbottom and Slughorn all immediately began to chortle under their breath, and Draco had the sudden sensation of being on the outside of an inside joke. What's so funny? he asked Hermione. She rolled her eyes. As unprofessional as it is to admit it, Fitch is... well, he's... Neville interjected. He's the dumbest kid in the entire bloody castle. I swear he's part troll. Hermione lightly smacked him on the arm. Neville, that's not nice. She blinked a few beats. But yes, 
The Slughorn chuckled. You know, he never made it past first-year potions. He's a six-year now, so we just agreed to allow him to drop it for his schedule. But nevertheless, for five years, I'm not sure the boy even registered the difference between mandrake leaves and unicorn hairs. Neville added, He can't remember my name, so he calls me Professor Lickbottom, which might actually be his sexual harassment now I think about it. Hermione's face looked slightly pained. He raised his hand in class the other day and asked me how to spell orange. Fitch, wake up, you oaf! How are you even... The announcer sighed. I can't. I just... Oh, out loud. Fitch, you halfway son of a two-nut troll hooker, wake up! The Slytherin beater woke with a start, enthusiastically whirling his broom into the air and knocking the bludger backwards. Oh, God's... Duck! Hermione's aura reflexes rallied as the rogue bludger came whizzing towards his faculty and donor stand. Reducto! The bludger exploded as it nearly made contact with Draco's head. All Draco could hear was a high-pitched ringing in his ears as he slumped to the ground. Just before his eyes closed, he saw Hermione hovered over him, eyes wide with concern, and the sun shining behind her back, making her look like a Valkyrie. He might have been the only person to have ever passed out with a smile on their face. Chapter 14 Fitch! Wake up, you oaf! How are you even... The announcer sighed. I can't. I just... Of a crying out loud, Fitch! You half wit son of a two-knot troll hooker, wake up! Remember first year when you got paired with the impotion, Simon? Albus asked. I'm still not sure how you managed to vaporise your cauldron. Simon nodded. I still get the hiccups every time it rains. And it's bloody Scotland. Scorpius, who had been very silent for some time now, his eyes permanently glued on his binoculars, pointed towards the faculty and donor stand, suddenly paled. Dad! Albus raised an eyebrow. He grabbed her tits again. Merlin, that was fast. Scorpius shuffled down the bench frantically making his way to the back exit. No, you idiot, he's hurt! Draco woke up with a pounding headache. As he opened his eyes, he was greeted by the pinched glare of Madame Pomfrey. He flinched slightly, confused. Where the fuck? What happened? Madame Pomfrey narrowed her eyes and shook her head. Go to the matches, Poppy, they say. It's perfectly safe, they say. Delusional, the lot of them. I will never understand this school's preoccupation with that horrible chance game. Draco's mouth felt dry. He experimentally smacked his lips together a few times in a feeble attempt to generate some sort of lubrication. What happened to me? He managed to croak. Don't try to move too much, Mr Malfoy. You should be right as rain in a few hours, but I insist that while you're in my care, you take it easy. You were attacked by one of those accursed metal balls while you were watching that ridiculous game. And you and every other wizard in this place is so obsessed with it. Not that I expect you to learn your lesson. The amount of bones I set back into you all when you were in school just from that sport alone. Lunatics, the lot of you. Draco rolled his eyes. You are an utter delight to wake up to. Speaking of delightful things to wake up to, Hermione suddenly appeared in the doorway holding two cups of tea. She grinned sheepishly. Oh, good. You're awake. I was starting to worry. Draco smirked, or at least tried to smirk. 
He felt pretty cocky to hear that Hermione was worried about him, but he was also rather weak and more than a little loopy, having just awoken from a mini-coma. Did you start mourning me already? Hermione rolled her eyes. Yeah, you're definitely fine. I bought you some tea. Madame Pomfrey spoke. Miss Granger, might I have saved your life when she blasted a nasty thing out of the air right as it was headed for you? When she brought you here, you had passed out from a busted eardrum. Is that why it feels like a herd of Cornish pixies laid an egg in my head? The headache should go away after a few hours. In the meantime, you, she pointed to Hermione, don't let him exert himself. He needs to rest until he's properly healed. Madame Pomfrey left the two alone, muttering under her breath something about accident-prone baby men. Hermione bit her lip. I feel terrible. I got a little carried away with that reducto. Draco shook his head, grinning. Nonsense. You are my knight in shining Granger. Hermione giggled. Madame Pomfrey nearly had kittens when I brought you in. I think she's collecting case studies so she can petition to get Quidditch banned permanently from Great Britain. Draco chuckled. I feel safer already. Dad, what happened to you? Draco raised his head to find his son forcing his way through Madame Pomfrey's clutches over her protests of can't possibly rest with a child worrying him. Hermione grinned. I'll leave you two alone. Draco grasped her hand. You should stay. She blushed. I'll be back to check on you later. She passed Scorpius on her way out of the infirmary, smiling shyly. Scorpius barely noticed, so focused was he on his invalid father. What happened, Dad? Nothing to worry about. And that Fitch boy's bludgeon nearly took my head off, but Professor Granger cast a pretty mean reducto. She... she saved you. Draco grinned. Having a formal aura around certainly has its uses, wouldn't you say? Scorpius nodded. Did she... she brought you here, didn't she? I was very lucky she was nearby. Draco fidgeted slightly. She's... she's very nice, don't you think? It didn't escape Scorpius's notice that his father wasn't quite looking at him, nor did he fail to notice the faint blush creeping up Draco's neck. Well, obviously I think so. Draco laughed, a rather forced, odd sort of laugh compared to his usual smooth chuckle. Yes, of course you do. How can I forget? Scorpius gulped. So you were... you were with her when it happened? Draco nodded. I was sitting next to her in the faculty and donor stands. For a moment, both Malfoy men seemed to be very interested in their feet. Neither said anything for a few seconds. Toscopus broke the silence. You... you like her, then? Draco looked up into his son's silver eyes. He tensed for a moment, seeing in those eyes which son he'd inherited from him sort of kind of awkward apprehension. He wanted to tell him the truth. They never lied to each other. They never kept things from each other. But Scorpius was a teenager now, and teenagers were volatile creatures who dealt with change very poorly. Draco mentally counted the reasons why Scorpius would require a bit of easing into the situation. One, his and Hermione's relationship, if you could call it that at this point, was still new. Two, Scorpius had never known his father to date before, and it might take some adjustment. Three, there was a small matter uh, that Scorpius probably wasn't over his little schoolboy crush just yet. Draco said, she's... 
interesting. I mean, you like her, right? Scorpius rolled his eyes. You know I like her. Right, of course. Again, how could I forget? I mean, why wouldn't you? She's a likeable girl, Professor Granger. He grimaced at his own statement. Where the hell did that come from, Grandpa? Scorpius was wearing an identical grimace. Did you just say... Yeah, I know, Scorp. That's really uncool. Yeah, I got it. Scorpius quirked an eyebrow. Dad, are you shagging Professor Granger? Draco's eyebrows disappeared into his hair. What? No, I'm not. Not that I haven't wanted to. Where did you hear that? Scorpius shook his head. You're not yourself around her, and you were sitting with her today, talking and laughing. I saw you through my omnioculars. Bloody great. Way to be discreet there, Pops. Scorp. Draco rubbed his face. She's nice, and she's not exactly half bad to look at, as you obviously already know. But do you like her? Draco sighed. Would it bother you if I did? Scorpius opened his mouth to speak, but hesitated. He wanted to say, yes, it would bloody well bother me. But he couldn't quite get it out for some reason. He closed his mouth and shrugged. It's not up to me. I only mean that I understand if the idea of me courting your teacher is uncomfortable for you. I haven't really done that since your mother, and... You know I will always love your mother, don't you? Scorpius nodded. So, the two of you... You're not shagging? Not yet. No, we're not. Draco felt like he could explain the situation more fully, but... Everything between he and Hermione was still so young. If things were to get serious, of course he would tell Scorpius. But until then, it would just be confusing for him. There's a reason Draco always kept his part of his life separate from his relationship with Scorpius. Scorpius seemed to relax. He smirked slightly at his father. I can't believe you passed out at a Quidditch game. You're getting soft in your old age. Draco scoffed. I could wipe the floor with you and your little friends single-handedly. Don't you ever doubt that. Professor Granger practically had to carry you over here. Maybe you should keep smelling salts on your person from now on. Frail nerves and all. Draco scowled. I'm in terrific shape. Fill my abs. Scorpius rolled his eyes and muttered under his breath. Not this again. Feel my abs. They're like, like a diamond washboard, so you've said... About a million times. Draco pointed a finger at his son. You're lucky to have my genetics. Scorpius rolled his eyes. Yeah, yeah, good luck resting with Madame Pomfrey sneering at you. Good luck getting out of here without her hexing you for breaking and entering. Well, maybe if my dad could just sit quietly and watch a game of amateur Quidditch without breaking a hip, then I wouldn't have to... Breaking a hip? How old do you think I am? Scorpius shrugged. I don't know, 50-something? Draco rolled his eyes. Teenagers had no depth perception whatsoever when it came to guessing age. Adopting a nasally faux-American accent, he responded. Oh, jeepers, sonny. That's just mighty swell of you. Say, isn't that there Hermione Granger, a neat girl? Scorpius growled. Good night, old man. That's father dearest to you, Draco called after him as he turned to leave. Draco tried to push down that pang of guilt he felt at lying to his son. 
Was it really lying though? Yes, it was lying. As Slytherin semantics aside, his son had asked him a direct question and received a bare minimal, only technical true answer in return. This was a tactic he had used many times in his life, but never with Scorpius. Draco had always been an open book when it came to his son. His policy had always been, ask any question, receive an honest answer. The last thing he wanted was for he and Scorpius to have a relationship built on the sort of secrets and lies that he and Lucius had grown up with. But it really was in Scorpius's best interest that he'd held off on telling him about Hermione. What if things didn't work out between them? Scorpius still had another four years of being in her class, provided he received an owl in defence against the dark arts. But come on, the kid's basically a genius. It would be bloody awkward for him, or worse. What if things did work out just long enough for Scorpius to get attached to her, and then they crashed and burned? It would be confusing and completely unfair. It was better to keep it secret until he and Hermione knew what they had and what they were to each other. Better for everyone. Knock, knock. How are you feeling? Draco turned to find Hermione standing in the doorway, holding a straw basket. I bought some food from the kitchens. I figured you must be hungry. Draco was, in fact, famished. But this was in no way how he had envisioned their evening going. I wanted to take you out for a proper dinner. Hermione grinned. I bought enough for two. I figured once Madame Pomfrey cleared you, we could take a walk or something. It's a nice night. Draco smiled. Clever witch. You're not worried someone will see? She shook her head. It's nearly curfew. Students won't be allowed in the grounds. Draco raised an eyebrow. Did that ever stop you? Hermione rolled her eyes. I know it's difficult to believe, but since Harry, Ron and I left school, there's actually quite a bit of actual education that goes on here. Draco laughed. You mean there's no death glare snake living in the toilets petrifying unsuspecting students? And no secret army of children training the room of requirement after hours? You forgot to mention no federal dementors living on the grounds for our protection. Draco smirked. How could I possibly say no to that? especially with my fearless protector at my side to keep all of the monsters at bay. Hermione smiled. Monsters, rogue bludgers, you name it, I'll kick its ass if it tries to hurt you. Draco laughed. My hero. Chapter 15 Scorpius made his way to the dungeons, thinking about his father's strange behaviour. He had said that he and Professor Granger weren't shagging, but Scorpius knew that didn't mean that his father wasn't interested. He had never seen him behave like that around any other woman, and it gave Scorpius pause. Do you like her? Would it bother you if I did? Scorpius hadn't been able to tell him the truth. Why? Thinking back, he had a suspicion of how the conversation could have gone. Would it bother you if I did? Yes. All right then, I guess I don't like her. His father did like Professor Granger. That was blatantly obvious. But he knew that if his father thought it truly bothered Scorpius, he might not make a move on her. Not because Scorpius had any sort of claim on her. He knew that that was foolish. But she was old enough to be his mother, and she was his teacher to boo. While knowledge of these facts didn't quite quell the butterflies that would flutter in his stomach when he walked into her classroom, 
he knew those were just the stubborn leftovers that would eventually disappear. Soon he'd begin to notice girls his own age, just like his father told him. So why did it bother him? Was it because she was his teacher? Or perhaps there were more selfish motives? Scorpius wasn't naive. He knew his mother died before she and his father had any real time together. He wasn't so childish that he was bothered by the idea that another woman could come in and replace his mother, but he was a little apprehensive that his father would suddenly have someone besides him to love. Maybe it wasn't his father he was jealous of at all. But that wasn't really fair, was it? Thinking back, he was certain his father had been lonely at times. The Scorpius didn't want that for him. If anyone deserved to be happy, it was his father. But all the same. Did it have to be her? Professor Granger wasn't just some woman, and she was divine perfection. His father would surely fall desperately in love with her, and before he knew it, it wouldn't just be the two of them anymore. It had always been that way, he and his dad taking on the world. If Professor Granger came into the mix, would he eventually have to call her mum? Don't be ridiculous, Scorpius. That would reach new heights of bizarre. In his reverie, he nearly ran into a red-headed figure clad in crimson robes. Luckily, the figure had hella reflexes and caught him before he made impact. So sorry, he wasn't sure why he always felt so odd around Rose Weasley. She was hands down the most obnoxious person he'd ever met. But there was something about those cobalt eyes that he found rather soothing. That is, if you could get past her despicable personality. No problem. She drew herself up haughtily. She was still dressed in her Quidditch robes, and she had a smear of dirt on her face. Scorpius smirked at that, and she'd have an absolute cow if she knew how dishevelled she looked right now. Something funny, Malfoy? He sneered. Not at all. I'm just not certain I've ever seen such an unflattering combination of colours on a single person in my life. He might have inherited his father's snooty Malfoy voice when the occasion called for it, and when Rose Weasley was involved, it was almost always called for. I mean, really, Weasley, I understand you drew the genetic short stick with that bumpkin red hair and freckles combo of yours, but you could have at least had the decency to ask the sorting hat to put you in Slytherin so you would be forced to wear a colour that halfway made you somewhat easier to look at wasn't sure why he said that. If he was being honest, he rather thought she was alright to look at the way she was. She grinned. At least I'm not writing dirty letters to my teachers. Did you honestly think my Aunt Hermione would ever look sideways at a spoilt little git like you? Scorpius blushed. Oh yeah? Well at least I'm not. I'm... You're annoying! She fumed. Right back at you, Malfoy! At some point during their verbal duel, they had moved quite close to one another. They looked like caged animals ready to pounce. Scorpius was close enough where he could almost count the freckles on her nose. Not that he thought they were cute, or that she was pretty when she was angry or anything. Rose was close enough where she could see his silver eyes transform into stormy charcoal. Not that she thought they were devastatingly attractive. What kind of a person had silver eyes, anyway? Scorpius cleared his throat and backed away a bit. Rose did the same upon realising their position. She was wearing a rather intense blush, which Scorpius couldn't help but note was clashing horribly with her hair and robes. It made him chuckle a bit. Again, what is so funny? She looked like a puffed-up little strawberry. 
It would have been adorable if it hadn't been someone remotely tolerable. Scorpius shrugged arrogantly, while around most people he came across as a bit of a slitherpuff, heavy on the puff. He only ever seemed to find his slytherin sea legs around Rose Weasley. She coaxed out the snake in him, <clears throat> that is, in a completely non-sexual way, because, ew, I mean, am I right? I'm just marvelling that someone so small could play host to so much red. I know I've beat the horse to a pulp, but really, Weasley, this is not your colour. She rolled her eyes. You're such a little priss. One would never know you were raised by a single dad. He crooked an eyebrow. You say that only because you haven't met my father. He might actually be, and I'm in no way exaggerating here, the vainest person on earth. She laughed under her breath, rolling her eyes and relaxing her shoulders. I heard he got hurt during the game. Is he all right? Scorpius blinked, and believingly that Rose Weasley had just asked after the well-being of a Malfoy. Yeah, he's... He's all right, just a burst eardrum. Rose smirked almost bashfully. Lucky Aunt Hermione was there. I hear she basically carried him to the hospital wing. Scorpius laughed. I know. I might have made fun of him a bit. She giggled. There's no shame in it. Aunt Hermione is pretty badass. Scorpius shook his head, smiling. You're pretty badass too. Rose blushed again, her eyes widening. She looked at the ground, trying to fight the grin on her face. Oh? Scorpius blushed back. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you... I mean, from what I hear, you played pretty well today. Rose rolled her eyes. What do you know about Quidditch? He smirked. I know that the Gryffindor uniforms are total rubbish heaps and should be incinerated immediately. She bit her lip, smiling. You're incorrigible. He drew himself up. I'm charming, and my fashion sense is impeccable, and I have perfect hair. She giggled. You're delusional, is what you are. Scorpius narrowed his eyes. Don't act like you don't know I'm right, princess. Her eyebrows shot up. Princess? If anyone's a princess, it's you. Scorpius nearly bit his fists, trying not to throw another quip back at her. It was no good. He'd never get the last word with Rose Weasley. She was just so bloody infuriating. Whatever, Weasley. Isn't it about time you headed up to the lion's den? Your royal subjects will want to kiss your feet for winning the game for them, and we both know you'd sooner sacrifice your firstborn than miss an opportunity for someone to fawn over you. She rolled her eyes. And shouldn't you be getting back to the snake pit? Daddy's armchairs must be getting awfully cold without your pampered arse to remind them whose father paid for them. He raised an eyebrow. Thinking about my arse, were you, Weasley? She huffed. Good night, Malfoy. She stomped off in the direction of the Gryffindor Tower. Good night, Weasley. He headed towards the Slytherin dungeons with a slight spring in his step. You're teaching my son to fist fight? Hermione laughed. Hardly. I'm teaching a tiny bit of defensive combat in my class, because Hogwarts' physical education curriculum is negligible at best. Not if you play Quidditch. That always helped me stay fit. He smirked as he leaned back on the blanket. Hermione conjured for them, flexing his core muscles a bit. Hermione rolled her eyes. Show off.
He quirked a cheeky eyebrow at her. You're one to talk, little Miss Overzealous Reducto, as if I need reminding that you could kick my ass. She chuckled. How's your headache? What headache? I'm very manly and virile, and I do not get headaches, or pass out from busted eardrums. She giggled. Or have small women carry you to the infirmary? He grimaced playfully. Yes, and that wasn't in any way emasculating. Can we just have one date where we pretend that I'm cool and suave and I sweep you off your feet, rather than the quite literal other way round? She grinned. Perhaps I can arrange for us to be mauled by a rabid rumpet if you save me. Make it a somewhat disgruntled niffler and you're on. She laughed loudly. She was glad they were by the lake instead of a fancy restaurant, because she had been laughing a lot tonight. Who knew Draco Malfoy could be funny and charming? And also he smelled good and looked good. Oh, sweet Cersei, he looked really, really good. She blushed. Part of me still can't believe that we're doing this. I know what you mean. He shifted slightly so his arm was behind her back. And yet I don't know about you, but I'm quite enjoying this. She smiled. Me too. And that's just it. I can't believe I'm on a date with Draco Malfoy and enjoying it. And you want to do it again and again, right? What do you think? Well, I think that you're terribly attracted to me, and you think it's the greatest idea in the world for you to go out with me as often as possible. She narrowed her eyes flirtatiously. There's that Malfoy ego of yesteryear. And you wish I would kiss you, because you've been staring at my swarty little mouth all evening, and you haven't been able to think about anything else since yesterday evening. She bit her lip behind a smirk. You wouldn't happen to be talking about yourself, would you? He feigned a look of innocence. I haven't the slightest clue what you're talking about, Professor. Don't call me that, her inner voice whined. Otherwise I'm going to jump you and do some rather unladylike things to you. She bit her lip. Don't do that, his inner voice whined. Otherwise I'm going to pounce and rip that pretty little jumper off of you. Hermione summoned her swat voice to conceal the jolt of arousal she felt in that moment. At any rate, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll go out with all of my students' fathers, Mr Malfoy. Draco groaned. Hermione, he sighed. Do you have any idea what it does to me when you call me Mr Malfoy? Hermione's eyes widened. Would it perhaps be the same thing that happens to me when you call me Professor Granger? Draco smirked as he leaned in. You're not giving me very much incentive to call you by your given name, Professor. He all but whispered as he tipped her chin up and claimed her lips in a kiss that had been dying to happen since day one. Hermione might have been a badass ex-aura who had that very afternoon saved the man kissing her from a devastating head injury. But the moment his lips touched hers, she became a moaning, swooning mess of a girly girl. The pretty little throaty moan she had made went straight to Draco's groin. He buried one hand in her hair and used the other to pull her closer. He couldn't believe he ever had an objection to her swatted little mouth, which he now found was the most delicious thing he'd ever tasted. When his lips moved to the delicate skin on her jaw, she moaned so sinfully, Draco growled against her skin. 
Their bodies seemed to simultaneously agree that vertical snogging was no longer an option. Draco leaned back on the blanket, taking her with him. As she rolled slightly on top of him, he snuck a hand under her jumper. This time, there was no Potter or Walburga Black to stop them from enjoying each other as much as they wanted. And sweet Circe did they both want. Draco nipped at her throat lightly as he caressed the skin under her bra. It was every bit as smooth and soft as he imagined. He wanted more. Hermione seemed to sense this and quickly pulled the jumper over her head. Draco nearly wept as he saw her hovering above him, topless but for her black bra, with the moon lighting her from behind. She was almost too much. Merlin, you're gorgeous, he breathed, pulling her down so he could feast upon the newly revealed flesh presented to him. And she preened at the compliment and stealthily began to undo the buttons on his shirt as she captured his lips in another kiss. Miney, he mumbled against her lips between kisses. Don't. But she had already pushed the shirt down his shoulders and over his arms. He shut his eyes firmly, unable to look her in the eye. Oh, she said, glancing down at the faded black tattoo on his left forearm. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. She ran her fingers over the mark, sending little tingles up his arm. He smiled sadly. I understand if you want to stop. She looked at him, confused. Why would I want to stop? He sighed. Because you are painfully reminded that I wasn't just a bully in school. I was an actual Death Eater. He couldn't quite look at her. When he had imagined getting this far with her, he always kept his shirt on in his fantasies. Hermione smiled and pressed a kiss to his mark. Draco's eyes widened at the unexpected contact. This isn't who you are. Draco felt in that moment a combination of desire and gratitude for the woman before him. He cupped her face and pulled her in for a searing kiss. He needed her to know how much it meant to him that she was here with him like this, despite the ugly reminder of his past. He kissed her tenderly and attentively. When he felt her reach behind to undo her bra, he was reminded that they didn't just have to snog. He helped her shove the bra off her body and pulled her back from her lips to admire the view. As he gazed at her naked breasts, he tried desperately not to think about his son's note, which had started this whole thing. I'll bet they're magnificent. There wasn't really a word for what they actually were. Magnificent didn't cut it. Maybe it was because Draco hadn't seen a pair of breasts in years, but he felt nearly moved to tears at the sight. He groaned as he leaned forward to take one in his mouth. As he lapped and sucked hungrily at the sensitive bud, Hermione mewled and clutched at his back. Gods, Draco! It only inspired him to attack her other breasts with elevated feridity. He hummed as he gave her nipple one last hard suck, before removing it from his mouth. He looked up into her heavily lidded eyes and breathed over her skin. Forgive me if I'm a bit sentimental. It's just been a while and you're so beautiful. She breathed heavily, still coming down from the high of his ministrations, and raked her eyes over his naked torso. So are you. 
He could have been in a museum with his pale, marble-like skin stretched tightly over a defined six-pack. He was quite simply a work of art. She moved her fingers over his belt, grazing the bulge in his trousers as she did so. His eyes nearly rolled in the back of his head at the brief contact. Careful, Draco. Remember what Blaze said. You can't be going off like a loaded gun just because it's the first time in nearly a decade that a pretty girl has touched you down there. He shimmied out of his denims and turned his attention to her own. Though he loved the way those soft jeans seemed to hug her curves, he now found them to the most irksome garment on the planet. She smirked as he attacked the zipper on her jeans, with a determined ire of a man possessed. Eager to get me naked, he growled. You have no idea. He attacked her mouth again as she raised her hips to help him ease the denims down her legs taking her knickers with them. He roamed his hands over her thighs, allowing his fingertips to greedily acquaint themselves with the soft skin his eyes had yet to see. She bucked her hips up into him, and he nearly choked on his breath. If there ever was a time in his life when he had been this hard, he couldn't remember it. I need you, she moaned into his mouth. He ran his middle finger over her folds, finding her already wet where he found the self-restraint not to take her right then and there wasn't sure but he forced his skyrocketing need to be inside her down long enough to nip at her earlobe and whisper how bad do you need me he pushed a finger into her and crooked his fingers against her g-spot causing her to gasp under him she whimpered as a plethora of erogenous zones sprang to life at his attentions his voice sent shivers down her spine his chest rubbed against her nipples, and his finger pumped slowly within her, sending her into a fevered delirium. He was proving that he was a Slytherin in bed, coaxing her inner vixen out rather than the take-no-prisoners approach her past aura lovers seemed to prefer. He wanted to play, and get to her to play with him. Who was she to deny him? She bit her lip and looked him square in the eye as she said, Draco Malfoy, if you don't fuck me right now, I'm going to hex your cock off. He made a sort of wounded animal sound just before he removed his fingers from her and snapped his hips, slamming into her. Fuck, he breathed heavily as his cock, which had grown accustomed to the imperfect friction his wand hand provided, adjusted to the tight, silky heat of her. It wasn't used to a treat of this magnitude. Oh my god, I'm going to come right now. Focus on something else, Draco, quick. He was torn between not wanting to miss a second of this and forcing himself to think about his grandparents going at it to keep from blowing his load too soon. In the end, his hormones won out as Hermione wiggled her hips under him. He withdrew and slammed into her again. Oh my god, Draco, yes. He panted into her neck. God's Hermione. He rolled his hips, thrusting deeply into her. You're so fucking tight. The two sex-starved adults thrashed against each other, moaning loudly into the night air. Thank Merlin they set up camp far away from the castle, else every child at Hogwarts would hear them. They weren't even trying to be quiet. Draco slipped a hand in between them and stroked her clit. He needed her to come soon because he wouldn't be able to hold out for much longer. 
he felt a ripple of sweat run down his back as he pounded into her. His body was demanding release, but he was determined to be a gentleman and bring her to orgasm first. He thumbed her clit faster as he picked up the pace, hoping it would be enough to bring her over the edge. When he felt her flutter around him, he felt a masculine pang of pride welling up inside of him. Fuck, Draco! I'm coming! Finally he could let go. He came with her, roaring at the release and vowing in that moment that he would take every opportunity he could to be inside of her, so his body would never again forget what sex felt like. He collapsed next to her, and they both panted as they tried to catch their breath. As they turned to one another, their faces slowly broke out into identical grins, and their bodies shook with light laughter. Draco threw an arm over her hips and brought her in for a long, slow kiss. When they pulled apart, Hermione spoke up first. I can't believe we just did that. Draco's hair was sticking up at odd angles. His eyes had a glassy sheen over them, and his mouth was contorted into a crooked smile. He looked thoroughly shagged. Well, then I guess we should do it again until it hits home for you. She giggled. You'll find no complaints from me, Mr Malfoy. He growled and pulled her into him again, earning him another giggle from the pliant post-orgasmic witch. Careful, witch. You've woken the basilisk. Hermione rolled her eyes. That's your weird man name for your penis. Draco deadpanned. Only if it can re-enter your chamber of secrets. Hermione could forward loudly at the lame dad joke. Wow, I seriously cannot believe I just had sex with you. Draco laughed. If I cease with the corny pickup lines, what are the odds of me getting into your knickers again tonight? Hermione smirked and leaned in for another kiss. I'd say they're rather favourable, Mr Malfoy. <laughs>